What's up, guys? Welcome to the RBC Students Recap Podcast. This podcast is for students in 7th through 12th grade who are interested in learning more about following Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus every single day. This week on the podcast, we have our very first special guest. Her name is Kelsey Clyer, and she is the missions director at Ridgecrest. Uh, and we are just so excited. She came to talk to us about what it means um, for the Bible to be important in her life and uh, maybe how the Bible can become important in the rest of our lives. And so you don't want to miss it. We hope you enjoy. Today we have our first guest ever on the podcast. So Kelsey, thank you for coming on to talk to us. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So first off, um, tell us a few things about yourself. Okay. Normal, weird, relatable. Okay. Perfect. Um, Well, I work at Ridgecrest. Uh, I'm the missions director here and um, I've been here for about six years. Uh, Before that, I was living in Africa, as you know. So I lived in a little country called Lesotho and uh, I was a school teacher in the morning and uh, hung out with women in the afternoon. It was super fun. Uh, Before that, I was going to school for biology. I actually have a biology degree. Um, Yeah. And then before that, I was in high school. So, (laughs) uh, yeah. Um, I, what things? I I like to be outside. Um, I'm so thankful for summer. I'm so thankful for the hot summer that we've had. Um, I love games, all things games. Uh, Inside, outside, hide and seek, whatever it is. I love it. The um, first game I ever played with you was basketball. Really? Was a scary time. Where were we? <laughs> we were at Battlefield Park. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So fun. Yeah. yeah don't, don't play Kelsey on the basketball. No, 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 no. It's, it, no, what it is is it's not me. It's my sister. I'm I'm the competitive one that's like, yes, I am going to win. And then Taylor's just, like, legitimately good. So there's a little bit of difference. I'm, like, all talk but no show. And Taylor's legitimately good at basketball. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, I'm dating somebody, but I'm not married, so that's exciting and new and fun, and that's good. So, yeah. Cool. I don't know. Anything yeah. else you want to know? Uh, yeah, actually, you don't have to give us, like, the full history, okay. but when did you become a believer? Yes. Uh, so, I actually grew up in, I grew up around church, um, but... I became a believer when I was 19, so I was going to college, had just started college. I think it was my first year of college, and um, knew like all kinds of things about church, and my parents are both uh, believers, um, knew all the things, I guess, but um, was had not made that commitment to the Lord. Um, and so, yeah, I think I was, I was in a church service one day, actually, of all places, and w- just was listening to the songs. I was in a different church, which I think helped kind of get me outside of that what I had grown up with maybe and so was listening to the songs being sung and was just convicted that all these people around me had spiritual life and had they had a relationship with a God that was real and I did not have that and I just could I could see it you know I don't know how to describe it other than I was hearing the gospel from the songs that were coming hearing the gospel from the preacher and I looked around and saw all these people worshiping a real God, and I just thought, if that's if they're they're either all playing me and all faking me out, or um, this is Christianity is real and this is this is real life. And so I just remember crying out to the Lord in my heart. I didn't even go forward or anything; just cried out in the Lord in my heart. You know, I'd like to God, if you're real and if you'll have me, please. Like I, I want to be yours. And yeah, the rest the rest is I mean I don't know. 
big change in life for and sure. everything's different after that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Um, so, just for some context in the student ministry, we've been talking on Sunday morning specifically just about the Word of God. What the Bible is, what the Bible isn't, yeah. how we got it. So yeah. we're getting oh, kind of nerdy out here. Fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, this week, I think we're talking about uh, how the Bible, like, like physically got to us. And okay. Sure. So we're getting like deep in the sure. in the weeds with everything. But um, you know, we're learning so much about Scripture, and we're learning how to read Scripture. I think it's really important to hear, like, also the heart behind um, why we why we read scripture and um so this is just for all of you listening this is an opportunity for you to hear um not just uh facts about scripture but how it's impacted people's lives and so um i think my first question for you is why is the bible important to you yeah um great question i think uh it's important i think uh, maybe the overarching statement I would say is that it is my source of truth. It's a solid place for me to put my feet when everything feels chaotic around me. So our circumstances change, my feelings, I mean, my feelings are like up and down, you know, I can be, the mood, the, the weather affects my mood, you know, if it's rainy, I can be like, oh, you know, it's just, I'm sad because it's rainy or something, you know? So I feel like my feelings are always changing. Our circumstances are always changing, but the word is just a solid place for me to put my feet because it tells me first about God, who God is. My feelings and inside of me might tell me that God um, doesn't want to be with me when I mess up or that he's super disappointed in me or that he distances himself from me or that maybe he just will skirt my sin under the rug, you know? My, that's what my feelings can tell me or my or my environment might tell me that, you know, at school or something. But um, the Bible tells me who God is, that he loves me and his heart goes out to me even in my sin, that he welcomes me, that he is my shepherd, he leads me. Um, so I think the Bible is a firm place for me to put my feet about who God is. Um, also who I am, you know, I think I just like, I'm sure everybody else deals with, you know, I wake up every morning with fear or guilt or shame. Um, my life is busy and chaotic. And so the Bible tells me who I am, you know, who I, what, what God thinks about me and how he feels about me. Um, the Bible tells me about others. Uh, it tells me about, um, God's will. You know, there's not a clear, you know, it doesn't say marry this, you know, in second Samuel, it doesn't say, you know, who should marry or whatever, but it does give you good truths and principles for making big decisions. Um, I don't make decisions well. I, <laughs> I'm sl a slow decision maker. Some people like, uh, you know, Pastor Luke, maybe he's like a great decision maker. You know, he makes them all the time and I'm just not. And so I need God's word to help me, you know, process and make, make decisions and things like that. So I think the, the Bible's, I'm saying all that to say the Bible is a firm place for us to put our feet about who God is, who we are, what we should do and things like that. So I feel like it's just, it points me north, you know, it points me where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so when did you start reading the Bible? Um, sure. You know, I, yeah. I think at least in my life, there was kind of a time I, I knew maybe when I was a Christian, I'd been told that the Bible was important, but uh, it kind of took some time before I really recognized how necessary it was in my life. When did that start for you? Yeah, I, uh, like I said, my parents, I was raised in a, a good home. You know, my parents are both believers and they, you know, we had like family devotions and stuff. So I know I read the Bible as a kid, but again, I wasn't 
I didn't become a believer till I was 19. So I think it was really right after that that I started reading the Bible. Um, and I think what's interesting is um, uh, why did I start reading the Bible? And I think it was because I saw, so I can remember the day before I made the decision to follow Jesus, I was sitting with some of my friends in a park and they were talking about what they were reading in the Word. You know, oh, God's Word is showing you this and I read this in such and such book or whatever. And I, I wasn't a believer yet. It was the day before I made that decision. So I remember thinking like, how did they, how did they, how are they coming up with this stuff? You know, how did, and I just remember wanting that, wanting to authentically have a, a relationship with God where I heard from him in his word, you know? And so I think then the next day I made that decision to become a believer and I just thought, I'm going to just start. I don't know what to, you know, I, I'm sure I had been shown how to read the word because I grew up in a Christian home and I went to church and stuff. But I didn't really know what to do. Nobody came alongside me and put their arm around me and said, you know, hey, Kels, I know you just became a believer. This is how you study God's word. So I just started reading it. And um, it was hard at first. You know, I thought, I don't know what this means. Um, but I think I just started reading and I just kind of fell in love with it. And I began to see things that I didn't know were true and things that were amazing to me. And so, yeah, I just started reading it like the day after I was born again. And yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think for some it it does come. There's that hunger after you accept Christ. Yeah. Um, I think for sometimes people that have been, I know we've got a lot of students that have accepted Christ at like five or six years old, and so sometimes that like yeah. cultivation of of daily scripture reading is a little bit slower. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I know everybody kind of just has a different. Uh, yeah. different experience but um, I think your motivation uh, to hear, hear hearing God speak yeah. to you daily is is um, something that kind of yeah. can fuel that and I think it's so what's so powerful about Christian community about being in a in a in a circle of people who read the Bible I was talking to a friend actually in my small group the other day about this or I say the other day it was like a couple months ago yeah. <laughs> but she was saying like oh there's you know how do how do you get somebody to read the word like it's not like you can just you know, force them to do that. Yeah, you must do this. Read your Bible at 7 a.m., you know. You can't do that. And so she was saying, how do you get that? And both of us, and and I had asked somebody else just out of curiosity, all three of us had decided to read the Word because we saw the Word changing somebody else's life. Does that make sense? So I saw these girls reading the Bible and saw that it changed their life. And I thought, I want in on that. This other girl was the same way. She saw people around her reading the word and saw how it changed them. And so she thought, there's got to be something to this, you know? And so I do think Christian community is really powerful, especially, you know, I don't know. When, when we're reading the word and when we're talking about that with other people, I hope it makes a difference. It did in my life, at least. So, yeah. Yeah. It does in my life, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. but uh, so with that being said, as as you read your Bible, um, how does that affect like your normal everyday life? Yeah. Um, because when I look at scripture, sometimes uh, it kind of freaks me out. Okay, it was sure. written 1,500 plus years mm-hmm. ago in a culture that I don't understand. Um, and sometimes the wording in scripture is really confusing or there are like, to what I'm reading that don't make a lot of sense. So um, how has it affected just your everyday life? Yeah. 
Um, I do think first that um, it's so overwhelming when we look at like, I have to read the Bible. It's, it, that is such an overwhelming thing when we think about all of the script. I mean, the 66 books in the Bible together and they were over how many years did you say? 1500? Yeah. So many well, years, you know, I mean like a ton of years. And I think that's overwhelming. Um, but I think when we look at it as I'm just getting, um, I, I'm just getting a, a piece of spiritual food for the day, you know, I'm just, opening the Bible and reading it for today to provide for my needs today. And so I think uh, for me, uh, every day, the word, I told you, I, you know, wake up with fear or guilt or shame every morning, you know, you, you wake up and you face hard things, hard circumstances. Um, you face hard emotions or um, negative feelings about yourself, about others. And so I think every morning, um, the word settles me. It kind of sets my feet on a solid place. Um, it also sustains me through the day. So I, you know, wake up, take a bite of spiritual food in the morning. I don't have to take, you know, eat the whole thing, <laughs> you know, just take a little piece in the morning. It sustains me for the day. It settles me. Um, Second Timothy, I think it is, 317 says that it also equips us for good work. And so I think, you know, not every time when you're reading the Bible or when you're going throughout your day, I don't know what I'm going to face every day. You know, it could be a hard circumstance, somebody, you know, telling me something hard, or I go through something hard, or um, I have to make a big decision. I don't always have time to sit and think, okay, what now? Now, let me think, what does the Bible say about it? You know, the, the Word of God equips me as I wake up um, and, and read just that little piece every day. It's equipping me for good works and readying me for what God has for me. And so, I don't know, I think it settles, it settles my heart. It gives me peace, you know. I, I'll, um, I can talk about it later maybe, but the Word of God really sustained me through a hard time of anxiety. And so every morning, there are some mornings when I wake up, you know, I open my eyes and there's a fear there. There's a negative emotion there. And so it gives me peace and stability where if I didn't have the Word of God, I wouldn't have that. You know, it would just be me <laughs> working it out on my own. So, I don't know. Yeah. So what would you say to a student uh, that you sometimes I talk to students and they're like, Ashley, I don't I don't know where to start in scripture mm -hmm. because my Bible reading plan took me to, you know, uh -huh. today I'm in Exodus chapter whatever and I'm just reading a bunch of rules and I have no idea how this relates to my day. Like, what do you say to somebody that is maybe in that? Or, or what advice would you give to them? That doesn't know where to start? Or, or... So they're maybe, yeah, they don't know where to start and the scripture that they're reading maybe, um, I don't know. I think I think if I were to use their words, like I I read the Bible and right. it doesn't mean anything for my day. Yeah. It doesn't relate to my yeah. day. Right. What would you say to that person? Um, I would say one that um, we're we're promised in the Word that the Word of God is profitable. All Scripture is God breathed. Second Timothy three sixteen says that, and so um, it's all it's all breathed out by the word by the breath of God, and it all is profitable. And so uh, my small group. Uh, a couple months ago was going through Nehemiah and we were going through genealogy and the, the chapter that we were in was only a genealogy <laughs> and so we were, I was like all right guys all scripture is profitable we can learn from this and we learned some things and so I think um, number one I would say just be comforted that all scripture is profitable even if it is like the middle of Leviticus or something like that um, which tends to get a bad rap for like what does this have to do with real life you know um, number two I would say that even if you read it 
I think this is okay to say, even if you read it and you think, I don't know exactly how this applies to my life, there is still beauty and value in coming to the word of God and putting your faith in Jesus to speak to you through the word. There's still beauty and value in that. And there's also a discipline that's cultivated in that. And so when I get to, for some reason, um, the book of Jeremiah is really like a struggle for me. I don't know. Maybe someday the Lord will like open my eyes and understand. But when I come to Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, um, I, I always am saying, Lord, I <laughs> help me understand, open my eyes. And also like if, if this isn't something that is like, oh my goodness, this is perfect for my situation. There's still beauty and, and goodness and value in reading the word of God and trusting that God is going to do something in me through that, through that discipline of coming to the word every day. Does that make sense? So, so I think even if you, no, go ahead, go ahead. Even if you walk away from the day, uh, having just read a genealogy or, uh, a law, (laughs) like, um, a passage where it's just talking about the laws, of um, Israel, I think it's that steady discipline. Yes. It's not coming once a week and seeing something that maybe doesn't feel profitable or like perfectly relevant to your day and ditching it. That just steady discipline and diet of the word. Um, Lord willing, he'll reveal things to yeah. you about himself yeah. that maybe you wouldn't see otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. And I think also one thing, I just, I don't know if this is cheating, but I feel like one thing that I've done when I am going through a book like Jeremiah or um, Leviticus tends to get a bad rap, I will read something else as well. So like if I'm going through Leviticus and I know like, okay, I'm going to spend two weeks or whatever in Leviticus, I'll pick up some Psalms or read in the Psalms or read a book in the New Testament just to kind of, even, even though I'm still cultivating that discipline in a harder book, um, having something that maybe is a little bit easier to, for me to understand and apply to help me continue to apply something for my day. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I've done that too. So tell us um, just about a game-changing moment in your scripture reading. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of alluded to it earlier, but um, I think there's been several moments in my life where the Word has really come through for me, um, where Jesus, uh, I should say the Spirit of God through His Word has come through for me. Um, but I think the one that kind of sits at the top of the list um a few years ago, I was working at Ridgecrest. It was right after I started here. I, I was new to the church. I didn't have a lot of friends here yet. Um, I had just come back from Africa. So I was just lonely, um, really going through some really hard time uh, times. And then on top of that, I just went through a, ser- a, a season of like pretty intense anxiety. And um, I would come to, to work, you know, get through work as best I could go home and I would just go to the closet. I prayed, had my, my prayer time in my closet at that point. I would go to the closet and just take in as much as I could of the word. And for some reason, the Psalms in that time really just stood out to me and really like um, soothed my soul in a way that no other words could. You know, people would say, oh, just don't be afraid. Just, just have courage, whatever. And I was like, okay, thank you. That's good advice. But what do I do about my anxiety? You know, what do I do about my fear? And so the word, there were promises that just, they became like a shield for me. Um, I would take take them, and I know it sounds super awesome, and it, did, it wasn't, I didn't feel awesome about it at the time, you know, but just taking a promise from the Psalms and saying like, okay, the, Psalm 121 says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life, you know, and just clinging to that promise. When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Those became promises that 
I knew were more powerful than like just man's words because they were God's words. And they, they became like, I don't even know how to describe it. They became a shield to me and defended me from the enemy in those times. I really believe it. And so, um, I think for me, that was, that's been the most game changing. I think you said time in my spiritual life was, was when the word, because I, because I had those promises and I don't know, it was just a time where I was just clinging to whatever I could. And the word of God was the thing that brought me through really that time. And so I still struggle with fear. Like this is not something that's like, oh, wow. And I've never felt afraid since. It's not that. I, I, I still, you know, there are lots of days when I wake up and I'm still afraid, you know, or somebody will say something that makes me afraid or I read something on the news that makes me afraid and I still have to cling to the word of God. Even this morning, I was in Psalm 27 again this morning. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, so, yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um, Because I think uh, just a lot of people are going through uh, maybe a similar similar thing where they're waking up anxious and um, are just getting through their day and they're turning to different things. I know sometimes when I'm anxious, the the quickest thing for me to do is turn to my phone to distract or distract myself or um, to turn to friends Mm -hmm. or activity Mm -hmm. or just make myself really busy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's all these different things that we try to to distract ourselves with in order to cope it. Yeah. But I, uh, the word of God has just proven, yeah. at least for me, to be yeah. something I can cling to. And um, I, This is just my story, but I, I don't walk away from the word feeling anxious. Right. I might walk away from uh, a binge session on my phone and be like, oh, that felt good in the moment, but I feel worse now right. than when I started. Right. Or when I distract myself by being busy. Mm-hmm. Um, the next day, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, that yeah. felt good in the moment, but now it doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. The Word of God is something I, I can run to, and I, I don't feel, mm-hmm. um, I don't feel like I'm, I'm pushing off my right. problems. I'm giving them to the Lord. Yeah. I think. And being alone and silent and quiet with the Word of God is the last thing that I want to do when I'm anxious. Sure. Be honest with you. Yeah. Like, um, and and I say me and my flesh, right? Like yeah. the Spirit of God lives in me, so obviously, like. We, we long for the word when we're a believer. But um, the last thing that feels comfortable to do in anxiety is like be alone, be quiet, and listen to God speak, you know? Oh, yeah. But I think, I th- one, I think the enemy knows that, and I think he will busy us with whatever. And two, I heard, I think it's John Piper. Yeah, it is John Piper said that he said, he uses the example of Thanksgiving dinner. He says, how can you like be uh, full at Thanksgiving? You come to the table and like you munch on candy all day long before dinner and you eat a whole, I think he says, you eat a whole loaf of white bread for breakfast. You know, that's how you don't be. So then when you come to Thanksgiving, you're ready to be sick. You're ready to throw up, you know? And I think that that is also true of the word that when we fill ourselves all day long with stuff from the world or school or my own worries or whatever, when I come to the word, I'm full already. And the word... Um, John, Jesus said to the Pharisees, who memorized the word, by the way, and, and I think John Piper says this too, that the word of God had no place in them. They memorized the word, and Jesus was saying the word of God has no place in them. So I think we have, I, I think when we fill ourselves with the stuff of the world all day long, and then we come to the word, it's like there's not a place for the word to land. But when I come 
asking God to speak to me through his word and when I make intentional space to be with him and carve out, you know, 15 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, whatever you have to be alone with the Lord, even though it doesn't, it does, it feels like, ah, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be quiet because my anxieties will come again, you know. Um, I think when we make intentional space to be alone with the Lord, it's, it's there that he meets us with his word. And he feeds us in a way that nothing else in the world can, can feed us with, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, with that being said, you know, you know, we've kind of talked about your story. We've talked about uh, why it's so important. Sure. What you found to be important. Uh, what makes like that consistency in scripture yeah. reading? I, I, I feel like we just kind of touched on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what makes it tough for you? Because I know for me, there are some days when I uh, want to go to read the word and and I really am. I'm feeling that tug. Oh, sure. Like, this is the last thing I want to do. Yeah. I would rather go do this. Right. Um, so what makes consistency tough for yeah. you? I think two things in particular. One is time. And I feel like that's the obvious one. You know, I mean, our lives, the pace that we move at is just insane in our life. You know, so making time and intentional space for the Lord is really you know, kind of difficult waking up early. Oh man, I'm not a morning person. So like (laughs) waking up early, but I had to like make it special for myself, you know? So it's like, okay, I'm going to like get a cup of coffee and like turn on the twinkly lights. You know what I mean? Like trying to do some things to like make it a little bit more exciting to wake up in the morning. (laughs) But, uh, so I think time is, is one. Uh, but I also think for me, um, emotions are really, um, I don't feel like doing it or I don't feel right or, I feel anxious or, um, you know, I've heard lots of people say, well, um, how did, how did, well, if you don't feel like reading the word, then you shouldn't do it because it's not authentic. It's not real. You know, if you don't, we don't do that with any other relationship though. It's like, yeah. it's not like I, I'm, you know, being friends with you. It's like, I don't really feel like being your friend today. So sure. I'm just, you know what I mean? We don't do that with any other relationship. And so I think sometimes our feelings of it, it not we don't feel right or we feel like oh this is awkward or what do I do um yeah so I think it's like it's like exercise you know exercise doesn't always feel comfortable at first in fact it feels worse the second day you yeah. know you wake up and your muscles are sore and then you also have to go work out but I think um, reading our Bible is like that it's like exercise it's like working on a muscle and it doesn't always feel the best or feel right in fact I'm I feel like this last couple months for me I've gone through a pretty dry season and I've told my mentors and my accountability partners about that. Like they know that this, this season has been a little bit drier for me. And so it's easy in those times to feel like, Oh, well, it's not working. You know, what do I do? And so I I think those are the toughest things that keep me, you know, threaten my time with the word is making intentional time for it. And then also like how I feel that day, you know, which is so silly when I think about it, I guess, but I think those are my major obstacles. I think in our culture, it's telling us um, to operate out of our feelings. Yeah, Just in general, right. I think that that sometimes translates to our relationship with God. And, um, and so then then when we come to trials or hard things and, mm-hmm. and desire to know the word, it, you know, it's right. it, there, is a, there is some discipline in there that we need, yeah. I think, um, to implement. So... Okay, so what would you say to someone who is considering Bible reading but is not totally sold on the idea yet? Ooh, um, I 
I think I would speak, if you'll allow me, to three different groups because I feel like there's there's different, um, I don't know, people are in different places maybe when it comes sure. to Bible reading. So I feel like, and I'm not going to cover all the groups, I guess. There could be more than three. But I feel like one group is I don't read the Bible and I'm really skeptical about the Bible. Like I don't know why I should read it. Um, so that's group number one. Group number two is I don't really read the Bible, but I know that I should. And so how, I don't know where to start. That's number two. Group number three might be um, I am reading the Bible and I'm doing my best, but like how can I continue to grow in that? So I'd like to speak to all three, if you would allow me, um, <clears throat> to the person who um, maybe has never studied um, God's word or is maybe skeptical about it. I would say um, as gently, as kindly as I can. Um, in my experience, now this is just me, so just my opinion, but I think uh, the whole body of Christ would back this up. Um, I feel like there's no, there's nothing in my life that has steadied me and given me more peace and assurance than the Word of God, the Holy Spirit working through the Word of God. Um, so um, no matter where they're looking, whether it's people, things, uh, school, purpose, whatever you're looking for, um, I feel like there's, there's nothing else in this life that I've pursued. And I've pursued different things for that, you know, um, <clears throat> that has steadied me or given me more assurance than the Word of God. So I would plead with that person who's skeptical. Um, if you want to talk more about that, I'm glad. I'll, I'll talk to anybody about it, you know, if they want to know a little bit more. How do I get started? What do I do? If I can answer questions. I know you and Nick are answering some of those, it seems like, in your Wednesday night study. So for the person who's skeptical, I would say uh, I, I, I don't know that you're going to find a ton of peace anywhere else. So I would I would plead with them to to consider making space and time to be with the Lord through his word. To the person who says, um, I don't, I, I've never really studied God's word and I really don't know where to start. I would encourage you um, to pick a book and read. Um, I know that lots of people use devotionals and different books and stuff. I don't really use those very often because I think the word of God is, is, pow is powerful on its own. Not that devotionals aren't bad. That's great, you know. Um, but I would encourage that person, just pick a book of the Bible and read. Pick Genesis. That's a great, it, it starts with some great stories. Um, it's it's a it's written in story form, so it's easy to under, easier to understand. Um, or pick one of the Gospels. John is one of my favorites. Um, just pick one of the book, books and start reading it. And then as you go, maybe give yourself, you know, a section a day or a chapter a day and just start writing down a few thoughts that you have about it. It doesn't have to be profound. Like, I liked when Jesus said this, or this is a question I have about the text, um, things like that. And then for the person who um, is reading but uh, want to go deeper, um, I would encourage them um, to, uh, you know, there's lots of different resources, you know, podcasts or um, uh, a study Bible is a great resource uh, to, to gain a little bit of knowledge. But I would also encourage them if, if they're going through devotional, maybe they read a devotional every day, a devotional book, and then it has a verse matched with it. I would I would challenge them to read the word for themselves. Like just oh, to, yeah. to, to, the devotional is great, but take just take a book and read it for yourself and write down kind of like I was suggesting for group number two, I guess, but um, just read a little bit for yourself each day. Um, not getting somebody else's thoughts about the scripture, but thinking about it for your own self and writing down questions that you have and things like that. And so um, that's what I would say to maybe somebody who they're not totally sold on the idea or they're still thinking through it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think something that stress in student ministry that I just want to always stress is we're talking about spiritual disciplines. 
in pursuing the Lord. It's mm-hmm. God's not looking for perfection. He's looking sure. for a pursuit of Him right. and a heart that pursues Him. And so I, I know we've got uh, that there are people that will come to the Word of God and they'll start their reading plan and sure. they're gonna they decided they're gonna read the Bible five times in 365 days yeah. and they get to day number three and they fall off the wagon. And I believe that the enemy is ashamed mm-hmm. to keep them from coming back yes. to the word. Um, and so just to those people, God's looking for a heart that's in pursuit of him. And, and that's why we that's why we approach the word, right? To take it back to the beginning of this episode is um, we want to know more about God. We want to mm-hmm. be grounded in who he is and, and who he says we are. And so um, it's the heart behind it, not just... Not just the checklist, mm-hmm. not just the to-do list, right. um, but uh, we believe that God will, will speak through his word and, and yeah. that scripture mm-hmm. is profitable and that he's faithful to do that. And so um, I want to close out today sure. by reading um, Psalm 19. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a good one. Um, not the whole thing. I'm not going to do the whole thing, but verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. And the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm. All of them are righteous. They are more precious than gold, uh, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Your servant also from willful sins, may they not rule over me, but I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I just prayed that scripture. No (laughs) joke. I was up in my room 230 by myself getting ready for this, and I just prayed like, Lord. I prayed through those same scriptures and prayed, Lord, let the meditation of my heart, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, you know? Yes, that's so cool. That, that's a prayer. If you're reading in the Psalms, you know, some guy years and years and years mm-hmm. ago is writing about the words of the Lord and says that they're refreshing to his soul, mm-hmm. that they revive the spirit, that they bring joy. Um, and you can see in that Psalm that it, it's affecting the way that he walks and the way that he lives his life. Yeah. And so um, that is our testimony. That is what, uh, what we're here to mm-hmm. just remind you guys of. But we hope that um, today was beneficial to you and we hope that um, maybe the Lord spoke to you through um, Kelsey's testimony in a way that um, would inspire you to maybe crack open your Bible hey. <laughs> once or twice. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, just we're praying that you grow deeper in, um, in your time with the Lord. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's all. Thank you, Kelsey. Yeah, no, this has been fun. Yeah. Well, that's all for today. We hope that you gained something new today because of what you heard. Uh, Don't forget to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you next week.